Hi everybody, before we start, thanks for tuning in, you're obviously here because you enjoy what we are doing, so we've decided to start a Patreon over on patreon.com forward slash wrong term memory, the link is also in the show notes, but why would you join our Patreon, Colin? Well, other than just being a great guy, uh, you'll also get all our shows without adverts, you'll get them early. You'll get bonus content from time to time. You'll even have the opportunity to be named as an executive producer at the end of each pod. And we might even start doing some live streams sometimes. All stuff you can only get by being on Patreon. And you can support that from as little as 10 pence per day. If you can't support us financially, you can offer continual support because we know you're great people by leaving a quick rating or review anywhere that you can. And now, on with the show. Hi everybody, bonus content from Wrong Term Memory on Thursday and we spoke quite a bit about gin and booze yesterday. We're going to Belgium today, we thought they would still be in the tournament as well. Bit of a surprise that they got knocked out, maybe unlucky um, considering what side of the draw they ended up on. But um, pretty famous for beer mate basically, that's kind of what I think of that. Maybe chocolate, is that more the Swiss? Oh, am I getting I think, yeah, mixed up? I think it's you more do get nice Belgian chocolate, but you do get nice Belgian chocolate. You do. Um, I don't always associate Belgium with beer, but it's true. That, like when you look at it, they're fucking beer daft. Um, but I think we just think of Stella Artois, don't we? As Belgian beer, you don't really think much beyond that. Whereas I bet you in Belgium, nobody drinks fucking Stella Artois. No, it's it's their tenants. Basically. Yeah, it's yeah, just a local beer that nobody's really into that they export. And people love it. I don't. I found out the other day that I actually quite like Cronenberg because I, I sent. <laughs> this is got, I'm going to sound like a bit of a dickhead. I sent Karen to the shop, not in the sense of going fucking go to Get the shop. Beer, but she was <laughs> she was at the shop, <laughs> and I said, "Can you grab me a beer?" And she went, "What do you want?" I just went, "Just get me something, four cans for a fiver, basically whatever." Sort of kicking about for that, and she brought in Cronenberg, and it was the first time that I've ever really sat down and drank it. I probably drank it when I was younger and not remembered. But yeah, 5%, so it's quite strong. But it's not got the same pizzazz that Stella's got. You know, that's got it's got a certain something to it that I don't particularly like Stella, to be I've never perfectly liked honest Stella. with you. Never liked yeah. it. Uh, so I can get on board with that completely. Um, we, we're yeah. going to the pub this Saturday and mm-hmm. I'm very much looking forward to a wee pint of uh, Starov Ramen, hopefully this time. Um, mm-hmm. After you failed me last time, Jack, when you got the first round done, so I'm looking forward to you redeeming yourself this time. Yeah, um, I would blame the whoever was buying the stock for the pub, considering they were open the day before and sold out of it. Um, not particularly thinking ahead, so Mr. Marshall has a fucking lot to think about. Um, yeah, this is a thing that I kind of knew, but I wasn't 100% sure of, but you have backed me up here, that the glass that you get served a drink in does and should make a difference to it. And every Belgian beer's got its own glass, basically, is that right? They do, yeah. Um, so even like a small pub could have a thousand different types of beer because bottled beer's such a big thing over there. And they will have a matching glass for every beer, which I fucking love. I, before I moved to this house, I had kitchen cupboards in my old flat of every beer glass you could think of. I was a absolute beer thief, thief. thief. absolutely I, I firmly believed that the glass was included in the price of the pint and I would <laughs> leave the pub with a man bag tinkling and chinking of glasses in it um, when we moved Lisa made me get rid of loads and loads of them and I've not got that many now just the really really good ones but I do, I do like having a glass of something and putting it in the right glass 
it, yeah, I've got a pink tumbling in front of me here. It's right. for uh, McCune's, right? So I don't know where we got it from, but if you look, there is the, the CE thing, and it says M, and it's got the wee number in the rectangle. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's a sell by date. It is. You should get rid of that class so, if it's not up to yeah. date. Well, uh, M10, so it's 11 year old. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but I'm not drinking. A... I'm not drinking McCune's out of it. It's just for diluting juice, basically. Yeah. So, like I used to have a pal who would go mad if you went up and got a pint of like a pint of tenants. He only drank tenants the weirdo, right? But he'd be annoyed if you brought it back and a Guinness glass, or whatever. And I always yeah. thought to myself, "You're a fucking dickhead. Shut up. Don't it's a I pint." I totally get it. But it's the, the it worst does... Guinness mm. and a Guinness in their own glass is the worst one, Jack. That's. That's say to send that back material. I think if they give you Guinness, not in a Guinness class. Yeah, because it's something again. I don't know if this is true. There are sort of engravings or little dots at the bottom in a lot of glasses as well that will give it the fizz. You know, you see the fizz coming yeah. up. I believe that's what the sell by date's for. I think the sell by date is to give you an idea that those aren't as active anymore, so you're not going to get as much of a fizz in your drink and stuff uh. like that rather than the glass just going bad, so to speak. So I think the two things are linked, but yeah. Did you used to do that thing as well, where you would pick up your tumbler and hit it with another tumbler to get a bit of fizz into it? Yeah, you do it with glass bottles as well. Yeah. Or you, you, do it I, quite, you do it hard at your mate's bottle, so his beer all spurred up over the top. Uh-huh, and then are you just wasting fizz, but, like... Possibly. Or is it... I think you might be just wasting fizz when you're doing that, yeah. I'm a really bastard. Pra- My beers don't tend to go flat that often. No, exactly, mate. That is it. That is it. You know, and if it is, if it is sitting there looking flat, chances are it's been poured into a wet tumbler as well, um, which is something that I would, when I walk behind the bar, would definitely try and not do. But you could tell about halfway through pouring my pint, think, oh fuck, this tumbler's a bit <laughs> damp inside. I fucked this. Hopefully the guy doesn't say anything. A lot of the time they wouldn't. They would just nice. go and they would do, they would do that tumbler thing, ching ching. <laughs> <laughs> and try to get a bit of fizz back into it and then complain to all their friends about how fucking terrible the lager was. We've all done it. We've all done it. Everybody's worked behind the bar's mm. done it. Um, Jack, mm. one thing you shouldn't do is drink mm. and drive. But if you are oh. going to drink and drive, Belgium's probably the best place to do it in yep. Belgium because their motorways are all lit up at night time, um, which is great. I um, my, so my daughter lives in England, so I do quite a lot of driving up and down from England. And there's a part of the M74... I've literally driven for two hours on the motorway and you get to Hamilton, right? And mm-hmm. suddenly there's lampposts at the side of the motorway mm-hmm. and it's lit up and it genuinely makes such a fucking difference. It's amazing. Um, it's obviously really expensive and that's why they don't do it for the whole motorway, basically. But driving yeah. with well, the, yeah. driving with the traffic lights or the lampposts on, so to speak, on the motorway is so much nicer, especially when driving for ages in the dark. So, yeah, well, if we... Well, in Belgium, if we yeah, if we were to leave our house, jumping in motorway and head towards um, some of the posher parts of Glasgow and like Newton Mearns and stuff like that, jump the motorway there, there are lights until you actually hit the sort of South Lanarkshire border, mm-hmm. and it must be that they don't want to pay for it. I think like they I went now we're not we're not putting lights, so it gets dark about two or three miles sort of up the road in the motorway going there. Yeah, but I don't really see how that's got anything to do with drink driving, but. Which makes it a bit easier to, if you're driving pissed, you want every, every sort of assistance, don't you? So, you want to be able to see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you want to see the, the car you're going to crash into. So that's, yeah, that's this, what's fair. I think it might have been me that found this, and I don't really understand it. It says every Belgian wants to own a house. Belgians say that they are born with a brick in their stomach, and all, all self respecting Belgians try to buy or build a house as soon as they can. Is that not just as kind of. 
I, I don't own a house I rent. I probably won't ever own a house. But it is pretty common to want to own a house. Like, surely it's not just a fucking Belgian trait that they want to have their own house. No, it's not a Belgian thing. Um, but I, I think they, they, they seem to be more keen on it. They, they see renting as like an absolute waste of money type thing. And they, they would rather build a small, modest home and do it as cheaply as they can just to be homeowners, I think. It's kind of in there. Right, okay. You see quite a lot. I've got quite a lot of Asian friends, and it's a big thing in the Asian community as well. Actually owning a house, they'll actually stay with their family for a long time into adulthood until they can afford to buy somewhere. They just will not. They will not go and rent. Um, I'm not stereotyping at all, but just a, a bunch of Asian friends that I have, they're all they all say the same thing about it. They don't right. believe in renting and making other people rich, which I, think well, I, I can see to... behind. I can I can totally get that. Well, like, I used to. Um... I used to totally think the same and it's probably a lack of planning we get asked on another podcast the other day how much of our lives have planned and it obviously shows that I've planned absolutely none because if I need to keep renting from a whole puff it's probably going to be the situation but there are bonuses to it there are sort of like shit you don't need to deal with like if your white goods go somebody else fixes it or stank um, collapsed in our driveway the other day I didn't have to pay for it uh, it would have cost like 400 quid to get it fixed. Mm-hmm. I phoned the landlord. He shorted it all out. Somebody fixed it, and I didn't pay a penny for it. Came and fi- fitted a new shower a couple of weeks ago because that broke. So at the same time, I do get that you don't own it, but those sort of sneaky, uh, unexpected costs don't really impact your day-to-day living because somebody else, you know, it's a landlord's house, I suppose, and there is always the thing that they might just decide to stop renting one day and then you need to go find a new place. But yeah. moving is horrible. But you know what I mean? You can find a rented place in the bother. It's not exactly like life altering. But I do kind of get the whole thing. And especially once you've paid your mortgage, I suppose, for 30 years, um, you don't need to fucking worry about that anymore. You know? Yeah. That's, I mean, there's definitely benefits to renting as well. Right. The, the thing with the, the mortgage is that you're probably paying the same money every month for somebody that's renting, but eventually you'll get that all back if you sell the house, I suppose, but there's no... It's something to leave your kids if you've got kids as well, man. I don't have kids, so I've never really... Like, maybe if I had a kid when I was younger, I would have thought to myself at some point, right, I need to sort of leave them something when I die or whatever. So there's that side of things as well. But I think we'll wrap it up there, mate, today. And we'll be back with you tomorrow, yeah? Excellent. Bye. Bye. Hello everyone and welcome to your bonus content on Wednesday the 7th of July. My name's Colin and with me as always is Jack. Jack, how are you today? I am super. Thanks I'm always asking. super. <laughs> I say that like uh, I'm super. Thanks for asking me a big gal. <laughs> like I, I say that all the time. Um, it's just a, a turn of phrase. I'm super. I'm actually sitting here sweating. It's, roast, it's not roasting, it's just clammy. It's clammy. It's the clammy weather, man. Yeah. Um, I don't mean just saying super. Super is better than not bad. I hate not bad. Not bad is basically, yeah. I'm still alive, basically. I'm not awful. <laughs> it's, it's just terrible, terrible chat. I, I'm, I'm not bad. If you're not bad, what are you? I didn't ask you what you're not. Um, no, no, today we're going to talk about Holland. Um mm-hmm. We, we, when we planned this out, we thought these countries would still be a thing in, in this stage in the tournament. Clearly oh, not for the old Dutch. Um, however, what they are, Jack, is amongst the tallest people in the world. Um, the average height for a Dutchman is 183 centimetres, which in old-fashioned chat is six foot. 
Uh, well, women on average there are 171 centimetres, five foot seven. Um, that's far higher than our average heights. That's more in line with you than me because you are tall and I am small. Well, I'm not. I'm not particularly tall. I'm, I'm just over six foot, maybe. That is maybe tall. Foot, uh, well, it's th- three inches above average height here, I suppose. But if, like I says, like you said, if I went to Holland. I would be distinctly average. I think there is a sort of ongoing battle between Holland and somewhere like Slovakia or Slovenia or somewhere like that where they're having this back and forth about who's got the tallest guys, basically. You know, it's very manly thing. How big you are. Look how big I am. And I think that it may even be the Guinness Book of World Records are sort of going back and forth and trying to figure out who actually is the tallest. I think they claim to be... Again, I'm saying Slovakia, it might not be Slovakia, it might be Czechoslovakia. It's one of those Vakias, probably. Um, they claim to be six foot one on average, like a, a couple of centimetres bigger than the Dutch, and the Dutch are having absolutely none of it. They're like saying, Show us your proof, basically. You cunts. They've tried to get, get, get behind the reason why the Dutch seem to be taller than most people. Um, there's theories around just superior Dutch genetics and um, the fact that they've got universal healthcare. There's low social inequality in Holland, and they also have a diet rich in cheese and dairy. Um, I, I'm, I'm a big a milk person. Maybe that's why I'm, I grew up all big and strong. When yeah, my mum said, "Drink that milk; it'll make you grow up big and strong." Maybe, maybe I actually did. You know, maybe it worked. Maybe that's why you're one of these milk guzzlers now, and I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of carrots? Do you think carrots? Uh like for. Like eating them, no, not putting them in your like, arse. Like. Yeah, I was, I was just about to say that. Like, I don't mind sticking them up my arse. Like, I prefer that than fucking eating them, to be honest. I'm not a massive carrot fan. Like, if it's in a stew or whatever, that's cool. But I would never just, like, I don't think I've ever took a bite of a raw carrot because I'm a child uh, when it comes to eating. And I know that I wouldn't like raw carrot. So I've not took a bite of a raw carrot. But yeah, sort of cut up thinly and in a stew. Yeah, carrots are fine, man. They're pretty. Um, Indistinctive, really. Well, I'll tell you something about carrots. They're actually orange because of Holland. Right. Um, back in the 10th century, um, they were originally white, uh, purple, or pale yellow. Um, mm-hmm. There was a guy, I don't know if you've heard of him or not, his name was William of Orange or King William. Um, right. What he did was he helped the Dutch win independence from Spain in the 17th century, um, did King William. Um, mm-hmm. Dutch farmers then honoured the king by turning their carrots orange through clever breeding. And this new colour became hugely popular. It's still the Netherlands' official colour and the colour of the Dutch royal family. And the Dutch now celebrate King's Day by wearing orange. And even the national sports teams, as you know, like the football team, wear orange. And it's all thanks to King William. And that's why your carrots are now orange. He seems quite an interesting guy, this King William guy. Yeah, I don't... Like, I genuinely don't know a lot about him. <laughs> like, I know you might think that I'm, I'm full of shit. I don't know a lot about him. I know that he was not a fan of the old... Um, he was not a fan of some people, basically. Um, and sort of used to chop them up and shit like that. But apart from that, I don't really know a lot about it. So the whole carrot fact, I suppose I'm going to whip that out at some point um, in July, maybe. Like, when people are out and about, I'll just say, hey, remember the carrots... And people will look at me like I'm a fucking maniac, but <laughs> here, ho, that's just the way it is. They also invented something that I got into for a little while when I was a little bit younger. Gin. Kind of got into Hendrix gin with a little bit of cucumber oh, in it. Oh, lovely. Although, yes, although I don't like cucumber, but it just kind of goes well 
um, and a gin and tonic, lots of ice and a little slice of cucumber. It needs to be good gin, but like I'm not necking back like Gordon shit because that is fucking like table cleaner or something. It's absolutely vile. I don't know. Um, I don't know why you would fucking drink that. <laughs> Says the man who drinks Buckfast. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. To be fair, I like gin. Buckfast it annoys me now how popular gin is now because gin was my spirit for a good bloody 10 or 15 years. I liked the gin and tonic. My dad got me in at gin and tonics and I loved it. And right. now they're everywhere. They're fruity. There's every type of gin. Um, and I like them all, but it just annoys me a wee bit because gin was Are you that guy now that, oh, something's become popular, so um, I was drinking it before it was cool. It's, so not, I it's not so much that. It's more the fact that I remember drinking gin in pubs and people either saying that I wasn't as manly as I should be for drinking yeah. it or saying, oh, that smells like perfume, etc., etc., etc. And now they're all fucking loving it. Um, so it's Were you just, just drinking Gordon's back then, but or was there? I was always, I, I was always a Bombay Sapphire fan. I liked the old Bombay. Yeah, I do like that. Really like mm-hmm. that. And I, I liked Hendrix as well. Um, that was the main two. Um, I didn't, yeah. I don't dislike Gordon's. Gordon's is fine if you just want a quick gin, but oh. if I had a choice, it would always be Bombay. I think. Yeah, so the Bombay Sapphire that's got the little guy on it. Is he a Dutch guy? No, it's that comes from India. Right, okay. Uh, the Bombay, I'm sure the Bombay Sapphire comes from an Indian. Hence why it's called that. fucking Bombay, I suppose. There we are. Yeah, it's it's all falling the, into place it's, now. It's the giveaway, I think, a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, but I believe, Jack, because it comes from Holland, that's where the term Dutch courage comes from. All um, right, so yeah. Right, okay. Apparently Have when, um, yeah, King William became, he, he held the English, Irish and the Scottish thrones at some point as well, this guy. Right. He was, he did loads of stuff. Um, and the, the, the term Dutch courage comes from that time when the Brits and the Dutch drank gin together during the Thirty Years' War from 1618 to 1648. Yeah, kind of getting pissed. You think you're Superman, you go out and you take anybody a square go, basically. Apparently people do do that. I've, it's never been my cup of tea, but yeah, yeah, I've seen plenty of examples of it. Um, and the, yeah. old, the old Dutch courage, the old uh, the old fighting juice, the, the house juice stuff, and people just go nuts. Yeah. Got a, it's got a reputation of making women cry, Jen, as well. It does have a reputation like, of that as well, yeah. And Mother's Ruin mm-hmm. as well. That's it, yep, that is it. But well, I think we'll call it a day there, mate, yeah. Sounds good to me, I'm away for a gin. Right, ta-ra. Bye. Well, we'll just tell your mother that, uh, that uh, we ate it all. Wrong Term Emery has joined forces with Pie Sports at piesports.com. The pies are absolutely class. I love the Mr. Sings Chicken Ambala. That is so tasty. That is a good one. I think my favourite would probably be the macaroni, though. I prefer meat in my pie. That's what she said. <laughs> Deary me. So if I was to pick a second favourite, it would be the steak haggis and peppercorn sauce. It's not a bad choice for any of these pies, truth be told, Jack, because you've got things like the Dirty Mac, the mac and cheese with black pudding traditional scotch pie you've got the mr sings chicken and bala like we spoke about and if you like a bit of beef you've got the beefy bake the choices are endless and even if you're trying to lose a couple of pounds like myself and colin probably could there is the skinny scotch which has got 40 percent reduced fat sounds good and one of the best things about this company is you don't have to go to the bakers and stand in a queue with people full of germs to get these you don't have to go to asda you don't have to go to morrison's you don't have to go to tesco nowhere like that you go to piesports.com, you select your pies, you put in your address and they deliver them to your house anywhere in central Scotland. It couldn't be easier than that. As a listener, you get special treatment though and you can win a box of pies delivered anywhere in the UK. 
all you've got to do is look out for the hashtag WTM Pies on Twitter or use our website wrongtermemory.com and fill in the form there and you could win a box of pies each week on the show. May as well pass to a couple of other Scottish legends. That's magic. Well, what's that? 17 minutes ago, was it? Mm. We're in the house minding my own business, lining my ribs, then boof, we're here on the high street searching for the beefy bake. Oh. That is the power of advertising, Jack Boy. Mm. We are the mere puppets of your marketing bigwigs. Hi everybody, bonus content from Long Term Memory. And when I say hello everybody, I mean hello nobody, I think. But Colin, how are you, mate? Like we are we just talking to each other here? Um well I had a wee dive into the to the MI um right. uh, during the week there because with it has been a new thing with Apple, it wasn't always the easiest thing to see. And there is there is some subscribers, there is some generous people, there is some great people that have uh, reached out and paid. So thank you for doing that. Um no point doing a big sales pitch because if you're hearing this you've already paid so uh thanks yeah thanks for um throwing us that that little drink call it a pint you've bought us a pint which is absolutely fantastic and it gets also covers hosting cost x y and z but you already know that and you're here you're listening today we are doing a little bit of dancing queen shit uh, we're talking about sweden and when you think of sweden you think of Furniture that you build and ABBA basically call and join it. Yeah, um, a criminally, criminally underrated pop band. Um, seriously, seriously, mate, one of the best pop bands of all time. It's not fashionable to say it. It's not cool. Um, but their pop catalogue, their catalogue of songs is absolutely tremendous. Real big pop songs, also some really nice, lovely songs. They've got a song called "Slipping Through My Fingers" about um about your daughter getting older. And right. not being your child anymore, and it's I'm going to turn it into you for a minute here. Literally tears listening to it. It's right. fucking tremendously beautiful. So I've right. got a lot of love for Abba man. A lot of love for them. Yeah, I don't at all. Karen absolutely hates them. Like for some reason, That's she has got like, I absolutely despises them. Like wow. if they ever come on at a party, I know it's been a while or whatever. It's like oh fuck, they're Abba. I, I hate them. Uh, I don't know it's, why it's, she's so strange. adamant about how much she really doesn't like them, but she's not a fan at all. She it's thinks like they're fucking garbage. Waterloo and Dancing Queen and all that, I totally that's get That's what that, you'll hear. That's overplayed that's, as fuck. Aye. But there's other stuff to do, which is just amazing. And like, I remember just after Fernando Rickson died, going to the game at Ibrooks and aye. hearing 50,000 people singing Fernando that night was... It was beautiful, man. Honestly, it really, really was. So they're just a really, really good underrated band, I think. People criticise them a bit just because of the hits are so hitty, but there's so there's a lot more to them than that. Yeah, like during the Cold War, they were quite popular in sort of the, the Soviet countries, which kind of is news to me. Um sort of like why they were popular over there. You, you wouldn't think that I don't know, a band singing in English from Sweden would be particularly popular behind that iron curtain, but you any idea why like people liked them so much? Was it just because they were putting out absolute bangers? Well, there would be that, and also, uh, have you seen what the two women looked like back in the seventies when they were singing? Yeah, pretty, pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. one of them was a uh, yeah, had a Nazi father. I think we spoke about that somewhere yeah, else. She did. Yeah, yeah she, she she did. But he um, was dead, yeah. and he wasn't. Yeah, um, he just fucked off, ran away, and hid. Yeah. There, was, there was a bit of with that whole being popular in the Soviet Union though it wasn't like you could just get Soviet Union royalties because you obviously couldn't 
exchange currency or deal with them, that sort of stuff. But their management were quite clever, Jack, and what they managed to do was agreed to get some form of royalties from the Soviet Union in terms of oil depositories and um, commodities basically based on oil and gas and stuff like that, which is that's pretty genius. Yeah, I've heard of dealings back in the day in the Cold War between companies like Cola and Pepsi where they wouldn't get money, like you says, but I think this might this is coming off the top of my head. I think Pepsi got either offered or given a nuclear warhead or a fucking tank or a warship or something like that. I swear to God. To do um, what with? Just to have. Wow. Like they could if they wanted to, they could maybe dismantle it and sell it for scrap or whatever, but they get given I think it might have been a I think it might have been a warship to be honest with you. Now, if any of the three people that are listening know, <laughs> you can email me in wrong term memory at gmail. No. Hello at wrongtermemory.com. It's been that long since I logged into it, but yeah, that seems to ring a bit of a bell that they get given some sort of warship or something like here, dismantle that and sell that for money because it would have been worth millions. But the Ruskies basically had no need for it. That's mad. They played, they were obviously massive in Britain as well. Um, they played two dates at London's Royal Albert Hall, and three and a half million people applied for tickets, I think, in two days. Yeah. Um, it was enough to how did you do that back then? Was that just a phone call or did you queue up because there was obviously no fucking uh, event bright or anything like that? <laughs> it would be phone calls, it would be registering your interest by post, um, it would be all sorts of stuff to do that back in the day. Queuing at actual physical ticket offices as well would be one of the ways to do it because for all we remember doing that? I've done it a couple of times. I remember queuing outside Tower Records uh, for tickets a couple of times. Um, and as much as we criticise, and rightly so, Ticketmaster and the like for their fees and their bastardness and stuff like that, it is still better than standing outside in a queue. Yeah, I think I've only ever queued for tickets for one or two things in my whole life, and it was more it was things at like the Arts years ago, like if a big massive DJ was coming and it was like, it's going to sell out, you need to get there. Yeah. And it kind of did sell out, but it didn't sell out until a couple of days before it. You know, it wouldn't sell the 3,000 tickets on day one, like, and they were at least like a month before, but there was always that fear of missing out, which has been a thing for a long time. So you would go on the, the fucking Saturday morning or whatever and try and get your £18 tickets. Mind back then when it used to be, that was it. That's what you paid for. A, a yeah. ticket for a gig, man, 20 quid. It was class. <laughs> I think it would be quite mad, like, going and queuing up for, like, Archie's tickets or something like that because you'd be standing in a queue with people that you would normally see either off their nut or all done up for the dancing, yeah. basically. You're, at, exactly. you're almost getting to see that morning after before you pull them. That's it. Um, the group did pledge not to reunite. We will never appear on stage again. There is simply no motivation to regroup. That's what uh, Bjorn Ulevez, um has said. So have they ever done a reunion tour that you know of? Did they decide to make some money somehow at some point? They, they haven't yet, Jack. Um, right. I think the main reason why they haven't is because they released the rights to the songs to do the, to do the movies. So there's been those two ABBA Mamma Mia films, which has given them that big, massive 2000s money injection. However, I I just can't see them not doing it eventually because the the money they would make would be unbelievable. They would sell out across Europe, basically. Well, yeah, they could have sold out that uh, Albert Hall 580 times over back in the day. That's how many people fucking apply for tickets. So if anybody got to that gig, they must have... um, been right at the start of the queue or just very sort of very sort of lucky i suppose but we're going to wrap it up i think um 
I was going to say we could speak about Abbott all day. I couldn't. Um, this is the end of that conversation, but um, cheers for tuning in, guys. Bye. Hi, everybody. Friday's bonus content from Jack and Colin at Wrong Term Memory. Again, probably not a lot of people listening, but the people that are listening, you are the real top, top potatoes. We're going to cover England and Germany here because right at the start of the tournament, I kind of thought to myself, this might be the final. I was trying to be all cool and predict it. England might still get there while we're recording before um, they play their game against the Danes. So England might still get there. England beat Germany, so they have played each other. What do you think of when you think England and Germany? What's the first thing that pops into your head, Colin? Penalties, faulty towers, the war. The war? Oh, yeah, okay. Anything about the war that you want to speak about? Um, I do have some fun facts about the war, actually. Um, first one I've got here would be the fact that during World War II, um, there was a big difference between the British soldiers and the American soldiers. Um, I often get a little bit of criticism, Jack, for saying America is so much better, best country in the world and stuff like that. Here's one of the reasons why. Uh, during the war, British soldiers got a ration of three, that's three, one, two, three, sheets of toilet paper a day. Americans got 22. Have you ever tried to wipe your arse with three sheets of toilet paper? No, I mean, I'm like a fucking half a roll guy, like, <laughs> fucking, like, like, so, like, so you, when you grab it in your hand, and there's, it no, it. there's no fucking <laughs> chance that there's any sneaky fingers slipping through or anything like that, you know, it's definitely... Um, Karen gets on my case all the time. I actually have a toilet roll. Um, that fucking toilet roll's finished again. Well, yes, I don't want shitty hands. <laughs> like, it grows on trees. So uh, They should have just... Get, could they not just have got each other to wash it? Like, get your pal to just throw a cup of water in your arse after you took a shit? <laughs> yeah, like, there, there, there must have been ways around it because surely you just can't... You just can't wipe your arse with three bits of toilet paper. Yeah, and... Uh, like, to be fair, how much, like, massive fucking mondo jobbies were these people doing? Because they were eating, like, <laughs> one slice of bread and half a bit of fucking fish or whatever a day. Like, they weren't eating hers of chocolate and drinking hers of Coca-Cola and then, like, doing the runny ones, really. I, I, I use three sheets of toilet paper every time I pish just to wipe the seat that I've dribbled on. <laughs> so oh, yeah, mad dribbler. <laughs> a wee bit of a dribbler, yeah. <laughs> Even when you think you're finished, there's always that wee bit waiting to come out. Oh, fuck, man. See, sometimes you put it away like one or two shakes too early and you kind of, <laughs> let's be honest, piss yourself a little bit in the toilet. You're like, that bastard, man. Uh, can, you can feel it. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm not going to piss myself all the time, but guys will know. Guys will understand. Yeah, it, happens to, it happens to the best of us. There was a there was a serviceman in the US military called Calvin Graham. He's pretty famous about the war because he was only 12, Jack. <laughs> No, tw- oh, 12 years old. 12 years old, yeah. He lied about his age when he enlisted in the US Navy and his real age was not discovered until after he was wounded, the poor bastard. Fuck's sake. But, like, did they not ask for ID? I suppose it was probably dead easy back then just to, like, write on about a paper what age you were and kid on it. That yeah, was your document. They whatever, just wanted cannon fodder, didn't they? Get yeah, you, ever seen, you ever seen a 12-year-old that looks any older than about, I don't know, 13 really like <laughs> i don't know like I, I do remember back in school there was like there was always one freak in your year that had a beard in first year and the guy was called ben in our year he was like he was massive back in the day uh, when we were 12 
and he had the stubble. And now um, he must have took his growth spot very, very young because he's just a normal-sized guy now. Like he's average height, basically. Much smaller than the Dutch, but he was huge back in the day and he had a beard. So you, usually you could get away with it and say, like, listen, I might look 12, but I'm actually older. I'm just really, really small and I look younger and stuff like that. Normally you'd think to say that's fine, but that would be things you think would count against you wanting to join the Navy. All right, okay, so you're over age, but you're a midget. That's not good to me. You're not going to war. I don't know. You can fit in wee holes and shit. I don't know. Like if, you, <laughs> like, right. That let's get Calvin in because he's got tiny wee arms and he can put the screwdriver in and tighten up the ship just to make sure that it's not going. Calvin to can go a walk and try and find the landmines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, they use rats for that. Did you know that? I didn't know that. No. Um, t- generally what t- they tell do. us about hamburgers, Jack. Jess, this is a good one. Yeah, I like them. Yeah, they're pretty tasty. But like, because it was called Hamburg and that was pretty German uh, sounding, the Americans decided to call them "Let's Liberty Steaks." Liberty Steaks, like that's taking the piss a little bit, man. Like, come on, it's not a steak. It's a fucking mashed. Up. Right, okay, it's just not a steak. It's just it's just mashed up fucking cow entrails, basically hamburgers. I've got a little <laughs> bit to buy it, but what's in them sometimes, um, depending on where you go. But yeah, Liberty Steak, that's taking the piss a little bit. That's the over-egging something, surely. Just a bit. There's a there's a company in America called Liberty. I think they do some sort of insurance or finance. And their TV advert or their commercial just goes, Liberty, 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 Liberty. So every time I read that word, I just say it out loud. Yeah, they don't want to call the dogs German Shepherds either. Um, just call them Shepherds. Uh, they called them Alsatians, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. So a German Shepherd and Alsatian are the same thing? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. You, you well, you call dogs mates, so <laughs> I do. You do see what makes that dog? <laughs> what makes that dog? I do that all the time. It's a Nike dog. It's a Nike dog. What make is it's, it? It's an Apple dog. It's eye pop. Um, do you know that the the first the first bomb that was dropped on Berlin by the English or the by the British Army um, killed. <laughs> The only elephant in the zoo. <laughs> yeah, I do. That was on something like QI many, many years ago. Yeah, that they managed to just kill the poor fucking elephant, man. <laughs> That's a shame. But I'll just man. like I'll never forget they it. Must, yeah, they must have. I don't know why are they dropping it in a zoo. Like it must have been an accident. They must have like looked down and seen some lights or something and thought, right, that's a. I, I don't know. I mean, see if during the war, would you have put it past those fucking Germans to be fucking boarding elephants, man, with guns and shit? So maybe they thought, let's get rid of their biggest animals, their biggest weapons. Like maybe the biggest weapons. Aye. Aye. They are they are they are famed for getting into battle. Um, yeah. If you watch shit like I don't know Game of Thrones, I suppose. I, I, I bet there's elephants in that at a point. There is some elephants, that. yeah. But if yeah. you give it enough peanuts, it'll do anything. So. What's that? Yeah, they're absolutely fucking terrified of bees. Um, they, are, they are scared of bees. I've seen them losing their shit over bees. It's because they're in their trunk, and that is not... They don't like that. Um, I think elephants can also drink five litres of water in two seconds or something. Like They're pretty, they're pretty good at that, and they are um, hose. What do you call it? A trunk? A nose? Trunk hose, fucking hell. <laughs> Their trunk, yeah, like that. It's not a straw. Like I kind of thought they'd use that as a straw. Um, oh, I've got a mouth for that. It's one of a yeah, hand, isn't it? It's Use more of like a, it's more of a bucket, yeah. Like so, they kind of suck it into their bucket, and then 
blow it out of it into their mouth. Yeah, it's not like a straw. I suppose it'd be like trying to take a drink um, through your nose. It'd be um, better than these shitty paper straws you get now, I bet you. Yeah, it would be. I they think are the I worst at, things about modern society, I think. Yeah, I was at the cinema there and I'm pretty sure I got a plastic straw. Did you get an ice blast? Uh, I got a milkshake. Because mm, sometimes they'll still give you a decent one if you're having a drink that will heavy break down. So you mm-hmm. sometimes get them with the old ice blast and stuff. You know, yeah. The same thing. And I think the milkshake will be the same thing because trying to shook a milkshake out of a McDonald's cup with a paper straw is a waste of time. Yeah, it's an absolute waste of time. Um, do you know any Germans? Any any friends of yours, Germans? Um, I don't know any. I, I, know I, know one. A guy, I just know one Herman the German. Right, okay. And who who is that? Just a German guy, I know. Just a German guy, right, okay. The one German guy I, uh, I know, um, he's not very good at math, so I asked him if he knew the square root of 81, and he said no. Um, but Fuck off. Yes. <laughs> Bye. Colin, I personally don't think there's anybody still listening, and if they are, they're pretty hardcore long-term memory fans, and I would be expecting them to go and sign up to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash wrong term memory or by clicking the link in the show notes absolutely and if for whatever reason they can't do that and paying for content isn't their bag they can still offer us continual support by leaving a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcasts